This is Casey Calvert, and you are listening to Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer Success. all you wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is my podcast, Tanya Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success. On today's show, five things to do instead of complaining. Also, my special guest, Casey Calvert, will discuss opportunities to direct movies within the adult industry. How can you be an adult movie director? Before each episode, I prepare... So I consider what's happened in my personal life that I want to share with you and I think about what I'm planning to talk about to inspire you. So it's been an unusual few weeks in dealing with health insurance. Okay, so in America, what happens is you have to buy health insurance. You can buy cheap health insurance, you can buy expensive health insurance, But no matter what happens, you still have to pay usually a fee when you go to the doctor and a percentage of the treatment. So it's, and there's a lot of rules around it. I'm still winding down from an issue that I've had, spending many hours every day on phone calls dealing with it. So there was a change in health insurance for my son. It's kind of complicated, but the short story is, is that he was taken off one insurance plan with just seven days notice. So I had to re-enroll him for a health plan. So this is happening mid-year and not in the enrollment period. So it's kind of tricky to get new insurance. So that was kind of a problem to begin with. And then there's also many people dealing with the health plans. So you have a broker, you have Covered California, you have the local county government, the state government, and then there's several other health insurance companies. So we ended up with having no in health insurance for a month, which wasn't something I was willing to accept. Through no fault of his own, he was left without coverage, meaning for any treatment, I would have had to pay out of pocket. And trust me, the doctors and the hospitals in America, they're not cheap. There was also a medical bill that's usually covered by the insurance that would be due. So I thought, oh, be fine. One simple phone call. I'll be done. But it was a game. It was, call this place. Wait. Yeah, this is going to happen. Oh, no, it's not going to happen. Wait, call another place. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to call back. Wait for the system to update. Call, oh, not update, call back again. Oh, no, you were given correct info. Well, we try calling these. Oh, I tried them already. Well, you know, maybe call back. Maybe it'll be updated. I don't know why you were told that information because I'm seeing something different on my computer. So this is how it went on and on and on. 
It's like one of those comedy sketches when I think back from the UK. They had a comedy show, Little Britain, and there was one of the the little sketches that they did. It was Matt Lucas and David Williams. And the guy comes into the bank and he wants to borrow £2,000. And you're just like, inputs the request. And then looks at them. The computer says no. So he asks for a lower amount. Maybe I'll try and borrow this amount. The input goes into the computer. Computer says no. Well, the guy goes, what can I speak to a manager? Types it into the computer. Computer says no. Is there anything else I can be done? Well, hold on a minute. He starts mumbling to the computer. Computer says no. And I was like, <laughs> that's what it felt like. And uh, it was it was a journey. You know, every time I have to call an office, I'm on hold for an hour. And then you get cut off and you have to start again. And this went on and on for days. But you know what? I knew I would get what I needed. So I kept trying. And finally, after going through all the options, I lodged an appeal. An appeal against the decision for them to end the insurance. So this meant that action would need to be taken. So basically, it goes to somebody and they look at it and then it has to go to a judge and the judge has to hear the case. Like, this is how advanced it got. And then I also looked on the papers and, of course, I was prompted, well, did you try this? I called the ombudsman who expedited my son's new health insurance and they give the start date to there and then. And because it goes the first of each month, you know, you have to apply before a certain date and then it starts on the first of the month. So they retro started the date back to the first of the month, which was like a week earlier. So yes, finally, the health insurance was a given. It was exactly what I needed. However, to get there was so long-winded and the amount of hours that it took me each day. And I, I made these notes because I thought at some point someone's going to need these notes because if I'm not going to get this health insurance in coverage for this month, someone's going to have to read the papers and find out exactly what happened. So I was making contemporaneous notes and it was like, 12 days of daily calls. I mean, if you read it, you you wouldn't believe it if you were sitting there. I mean, I looked at like 12 days of calls. I wish it had been 12 days of Christmas instead. That would have been so much more fun. But you know what? This is often how life is. And there's a journey to that final destination. It can be long and windy. But the end of the path is the place where you want to be. So by keeping your eyes and mind focused on the final point, you can get there. So why was my card dealt to give me 12 days of stressful, exhausting, brain-numbing phone calls? So for me, you know, I can either be like, oh, what's happening? This is happening. But I twisted it around and I was like, why is it happened to me? There's got to be a reason. And for me, I said, you know what? It's a reminder to me to make me stronger and appreciative. So I experienced people. And there was a lot of people that I spoke to that were dealing, that were helping to solve my issue. And they tried to do things that they could in their power to help my journey smoother. 
But even through all the stress, I've got to tell you, my heart grew for all the appreciation of others. This could have been a story about complaining and not having time to do my work, putting things seemingly more important on hold. But it's not. It's a journey of progressing. I'm reaching the goals. I'm feeling deep appreciation on the way. So what obstacles have you had to deal with? And how did you solve it? Did you scream or raise your voice or get angry or use curse words or use all your energy complaining? Or did you seek out solutions? So it got me to think about five things that we should do instead of complaining. And I searched my old notes and I wrote the word complaining. And I'm like, I talked about this before. And it actually appeared once. And where it appeared was an, an inspirational review that Call of 69 wrote. And they mentioned that if they can do physical things with one hand, people shouldn't complain when they have two. Huh, think about that. Gratitude. Straight into gratitude, you know, the first thing to feel is gratitude. I'm sitting here writing my notes with two hands. I'm using my voice to speak, my eyes to read, my ears to hear. I've got all of them. If you're focusing on gratitude and appreciation for what you have, there's no space in your mind and heart to feel negative about the situation. Each day I wake up and I think of one thing I'm grateful for. Whether it's my health, my house, my family. There's just so many things. And it gives me a boost in happiness. And being grateful for what I have is starting my day on a positive note. So going back to when I was dealing with these phone calls, knowing before I started any phone calls to be grateful for my family, the health, Got me in a good, strong frame of mind. And when dealing with others, instead of complaining about the things they are doing wrong, focus on the things that they're doing right for you. Thank them and praise them for it. When I was making the calls, I was sure to be thanking them for helping as best they could, even if it didn't get the answer that I needed. I found by praising them, they went out of their way to see if they could find more info and workarounds and it was actually on one of the conversations that they're speaking to the supervisor. Hold on, I'll speak to the supervisor. I didn't ask for them to speak to the supervisor. I didn't demand, I want your supervisor. I was just explaining and saying, is there anything that you can do to help? I appreciate anything that you can do. And thank you for taking the time to listen to me on the call. And by focusing on success, It made me think about that one success I achieved each day. Thinking of one good thing that happened in your day. Say it out loud, think it in your head or write it down. Knowing that you had some success will prepare you for more success the next day. So I could see a step closer to the goal each day by remembering what success and what small steps that I'd made and then focusing on the end desire that I wanted. I remember going to bed thinking, tomorrow it's going to be the day the problem's going to be solved. And each day I believed in the success. And there are things that are out of our control. 
So by letting go of the things that are out of your control and focus on the things that you have the power to change, by not trying to control everything, finally, it worked out. When I stopped trying to control the no answers I was being given, I focused on finding the positive results and I was finally given a yes. Spend some time each day to meditate, pray or find some inner quiet moments of reflection. Not everyone's religious, so praying might be too uncomfortable a word, so take it as whatever feels right with you. But by taking time to sit out, to sit quietly, to sit still, you can think and ask whoever's listening out there, or whether it's just to your inner self to help guide you. Daily practice of some kind of meditation style, even if it's just a few quiet moments and a few words, it's going to help reduce your stress, boost your health and build that positive energy. I knew the universe would help solve my predicament. I did have times of tears, frustration and negatively complaining. Yes, I did. However, once I'd worked through these negative emotions, believing each day that I would be successful and giving words of appreciation to those helping, I felt my heart grow. And as I was making these notes, I was picturing like the Grinch. Remember the Grinch? And he stole or tried to steal everyone's Christmas, but then his heart really grew. That's what I felt like over this whole situation. And just looking back and seeing the whole picture... I'm proud of myself for persevering and continuing to move forward. So now I have the time again for my work. If you missed out on making phone calls, video calls happening in the last week or so, as I was on the other phone dealing with some non-fun issues, know that I now have all the time in the world for us to make up together. So bring it on. I am ready for you. And now I want to spotlight somebody who I feel stands out or has done something interesting on their social media. Let me introduce this episode Skinfluencer Success Spotlight Performer as Alexis Fox. So I've been looking at her social media lately. Um, she loves plants. She literally, she grows plants. She feeds them. She gives love to them. And she loves sharing her passion online. So Alexis Fox, like myself, is another content creator. And, you know, you've got to be creative online when you're working with safer work platforms. So she's been doing a lot of fun duets, especially on Instagram. And there's some also on TikTok. And she does it with other plant lovers. And the other plant lovers are inspecting plants and it's you got to go look at them because she's just sitting there fully clothed, listening and looking and she's reacting, but the the plants are taking on a whole world of their own. She, one of them the comes with plant ratings, propagating techniques, soil talk, home and garden hacks, all available on my OnlyFans. So I love that she's driving the traffic to her OnlyFans, but at the same time, it's all about plants. Oh, we know it's not. (laughs) It's not just all about plants. But she's finding audio clips as well. And she's doing duets. And they're racking up like literally thousands of views on her Instagram. 
So I love who's taking advantage of the hotness of the other creator pre-made videos. And she's duetting with them to turn her PG-friendly videos into a more overall steamy nature while keeping within the guidelines of the family-friendly platforms. So I encourage you all to go follow Alexis Fox. She's on Twitter at Alexis Fox, Instagram, Alexis Fox Live, and TikTok, Plant Mama Fox. Okay, I better spell that. Plant a mama being British. It's not the same as I'd write it. M-O-M-A. And Fox is her surname, F-A-W-X. So go and check it out and tell her that I sent you and congrats on being Skinfluencer's success spotlight performer of the episode. Thanks, Alexis Fox. And tag some performers who you think deserve to be Skinfluencer's success spotlight. You can tweet me at Tanya Tate, comment on my YouTube or TikTok at Tanya Tate Tube. Or leave me a voice note speakpipe, speakpipe.com slash tinytate. And let me know who should be spotlighted and why. This is Tiny Tate. Skinfluencer success. Yes, you are listening to Tiny Tate Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. So how can you find opportunities to direct movies within the adult industry? My guest is an award-winning adult industry, multi-hyphenate, working as a performer, director, writer, producer, and content creator. Welcome, Casey Calvert, to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here today. You're so cute. As I started the introduction, I could just hear you just like giggling. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, she's so cute. It's so nice. <laughs> I, I'm so honored that you're on here, Casey. I'm just like, I'm going to have to say, I see you as an amazing woman. I see you as super smart, super talented, super successful. And I just love the energy that we're going to have today and getting you to share all of those successes and all of those things yeah. with all of our listeners and watchers on the video yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you too. <laughs> so I want you to introduce yourself. Who is Casey Calvert and how did you get started in the industry? Yeah. Uh, I actually think you gave me a great introduction. I do all of those jobs. I have many jobs. I got my start in the adult industry a little bit over 10 years ago now. I was working as a fetish model in Florida, and I was doing that while I was in college. I graduated from college, didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I loved modeling and loved being naked on the internet and decided to move out to LA to do porn. And I have somehow found myself here in this really cool place where I get to do all of these different things within this industry that I love so much. That's that's just great. How did you first get started then doing like the fetish modeling back in Florida? It's kind of like uh, a, a big step, isn't it, from someone that you, I, it was in, at college at the time? And then yeah. to kind of like go from being in college, here I am sitting, I'm a student taking lectures and here I am with all my clothes off naked on the internet. I definitely did both of these things. I wanted to explore my sexuality. And I realized that 
doing it through fetish modeling was a way for me to work with professionals and be in a safe, creative environment. I just cold emailed people. And that's how I got started. And I got really lucky that I met some amazing mentors from the very beginning who taught me about how to be safe on set, how to negotiate rates, how to negotiate consent stuff. Um, and I had some really amazing people looking out for me who took care of me and helped me build a portfolio and helped me get work going. It was essentially I would go to class during the week and then on weekends I would travel and fetish model. Oh, nice. It's like a bit of a nice mix going on in there. Yes, yes, yes. And what did you study when you was at college? Uh, so I have a film degree. I studied film production. So that was like a, like a really nice base for something for later on. Did you, did you ever imagine? Absolutely. Did you ever imagine when you were like, you know, hey, I'm going to study, you know, how to make films. Did you ever imagine like, you know, 10, 15 years on, you know, after kind of making the, the step into education that suddenly that would be a big feature in your career? Um, kind of. Um, not in the same way. Not in the way, not in the way that it has ended up being. I always wanted to make movies as a kid. I always wanted to grow up and make movies. That's always what I wanted to do. By the time I graduated from college, I was feeling super disillusioned about trying to move to LA and try to make it and break into the Hollywood film industry. And so when I started doing porn, I realized very quickly that a lot of what I learned in school was actually super applicable. Um, and then as I've started directing, obviously it's become even more applicable. Yeah. It's, it's, I think, you know, when you, you look back on your own path, don't you? And you think, well, where, where did I start this journey? Where was I, what was I doing? And it's like, for me, you know, I think back, well, where was I 15 years ago? You know, did I ever think that I would be sitting here now in the position yeah. where we are? We're in very, blessed places we're in very prestigious positions I think for to absolutely to lead people and to share things with people I always take that responsibility quite serious actually you know yeah. for me it's like if I've been given this moment then I should do my best yeah to, and but who would have thought it would have been involved in the adult industry granted there is a part of me that was always very interested in porn um, and always very intrigued by the adult industry. It was just, I never, I never expected myself to be in such a position of privilege within the adult industry and such a position of success. You know, I just wanted to, to come to LA and be able to make a living in LA and, and have fun having, do, you know, doing things with people and, and, making porn it was it was never about like oh I want to be a leader oh I want to do these all these things I just have embraced it as the opportunities have presented themselves to me I love that it's like you you are a leader Casey you are <laughs> and you know I'm I did go to school you know and I'm an educator but I'm not you know I I don't go a lot into deep into things because I'm 
my brain just doesn't quite go there. But I'm I'm gonna yeah. ask you to to give us some bit little bit more deep. I know that you identify as a feminist. So tell me what does that mean to you? To me, being a feminist is about a woman's right to choose. And that can be literally choose anything. It can be choose her job, choose her sexual orientation, choose how she wants to dress, how she wants to exist in the world. Everything to me is just, it's about women, women having equal rights to be able to choose how they live their lives. You know, when I was like younger, I always used to think feminist was about like, you know, burning things down. But when you yeah. actually, like, that's when you're like young and you don't really understand it. And then when you get to be like a woman doing the things that you like to do, and then you do, you realize it's like, actually, it's about my choices. It's about the yeah. things that I want to do. And if I want to work in this job, and if I want to do mm-hmm. this, and if I want to wear this clothes, and if I want to yep. put on this makeup and get my nails painted. And- exactly, exactly. And I'm doing it for how it makes me feel. I'm not like doing it because it's like, oh, hey, guys need to look at me nails. Well, actually, how do I feel when I have my nails done? How do I feel when the guys and the girls are looking at my nails? How does that make me feel? And that's, you know, that's what it's all about. And we are women and we are in, you know, places of privilege and this podcast I I do I love sharing you know other stories of success for other sex workers and there are a lot of stereotypes that are out there about sex workers so what are some of the stereotypes and let's break it for them let's let's break it and tell them how it really is to be a, a successful sex worker Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stereotypes. There's people think that we're all being coerced, that that our agency is gone, that we would never choose to do this job, that we would never choose to be performers, never choose to work in this industry. And while that is absolutely the case for some people, there are some people who end up working in adult who don't necessarily want to be here or who end up working in adult because this is the best of the options that they have in front of them. There are also a lot of people who make a conscious decision to work in this industry and to stay in this industry and to excel in this industry. And it is, it's, it is, it's about our choice. You know, both me and you, we've chosen to be, to be here. Like, yeah. And I always think, you know, when you're doing any job, if there's a job and you don't like doing it, stop doing it, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes they look from the outside and they're like, well, she mustn't like what she's doing. And they'll like pinpoint you. And it's like, well, did you actually ask me? Do you know? Yeah. I love, I yeah. love what I'm doing. I, yeah. I love that I get to create. I get to be that person and I get to explore the things that I would never have been able to explore. I would never have felt confident enough to explore yes. Yes. without being with other people in safety, being confident in myself to be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to try this. I want to do this. Yeah. 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 One of the most frustrating things to me is people say things like, oh, you know, you can't, if you, if you mention, if I go to Twitter and I mention, you know, that I 
was unhappy with my performance at work one day. People will say, oh, oh, you're being coerced. Oh, you're being assaulted. I'm like, no, I'm allowed to have a bad day at work, just like I'm allowed to have a good day at work. Like I should be allowed to be a, a worker who has good days and bad days because everyone who is a worker has good days and bad days. And just because we're working in the sex industry doesn't change that. That's so true. You know, you get, I've been on scenes where the chemistry has been amazing with the other performer, the energy, everything's been great. And then there's been those times when you've been on set and you're like, oh, this energy is not flowing. There's something yeah. not right. And yeah. the partners, I always would find if, they, if they're not looking at me, they're not interacting mm -hmm. with me and they're too busy looking at the ceiling or the cameraman. And I'm just like, okay, this guy yeah. doesn't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything bad happened. It just no. means that it wasn't, it was just like a regular old day at work. Yeah. It was just, you know, sometimes the, your colleague might come in and they're all, you say, good morning and they're grumping at you. Doesn't yeah. mean you're, doesn't mean that you're going to be grumping back. It just means that you're like, well, you know, I'll go and talk to this person over here instead. Yeah. Um, it's just when you, when you're being intimate with someone, if the, the person's not giving you the chemistry, you find it in yourself. Like exactly. You, yeah. You I bring it out. I feel like that's a key to being a performer in this industry. I feel like one of the, when new performers ask me for advice, one of the things I like to say is that find something attractive in your scene partner, no matter, no matter what, maybe, maybe it's the chemistry and maybe the chemistry is so incredible and it's so easy to work with that person. But when it's not, maybe they have really nice eyes. Maybe they have really nice hair. Maybe they have really nice hands. Maybe their skin is soft. There's, there's, always something that you can yeah. find that you can bring it out from yourself yeah i remember i asked that many many years ago to a good friend of mine a czech performer called george yule and mm -hmm. he, you know he said we i was talking and i was so intrigued and i was like well, how do you how do you make it happen with all these different women and what if there's one and you don't like you're not attracted to them and and because I was thinking he, he he just would turn up to set and he wouldn't know who he was working with and you mm -hmm. get told this girl he was like you just find one thing and you just focus on that and yeah, you can exactly you can bring that scene just from that one thought yeah I was like that's interesting and it wasn't until I started doing more scenes and then I thought okay George you know what you're talking about. You think <laughs> something else. I have literally been in a scene and thought about a completely different person. And I'm just sure. like, what would yeah. they feel like with and I just imagine someone else or I just or sometimes I imagine what the fans do in watching it. I um, will do that too. I will I will think about, oh my God, if I do this thing they're going to love that. The fans are going to love this. Yes. you like, and that's fun for me as, as someone who is definitely a bit of an exhibitionist thinking about the fans enjoying what I'm doing is definitely a motivator. Yeah. And I think because you have such an insight, Casey, like, you know, your mind, you know what the fans like and there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, you know, you've done your film work, um, study you've now been having great mentors where you've come in and they're helping you and 
you know, teaching you some of the basic 101 of working mm-hmm. in the industry and looking mm-hmm. out for yourself, you know, knowing what shoots you want to do, knowing what levels you want to take it to, knowing yeah. when to be safe, when to call a safe word to, to say, yeah. you know, to stop it. And now you're like, okay, so now we're moving on and you're getting into the point um, where piracy was big. And is is that when you started thinking outside the box and you started producing a lot of custom movies for your fans? That's exactly when. Um, free porn on the internet and Pornhub starting to really become a thing happened about 18 months into my career. And I was just trying to think about future-proofing my job. And I was getting requests from fans to make custom videos from very early in my fetish modeling career. Customs for a very long time have been a part of fetish modeling, and I would always decline them. I didn't didn't want to do that. But as I started working in porn and continuing to get these requests, it was like, wait a second, there could be a whole business here in this. And you can't pirate this kind of personalized experience. So I, I started really, really doing customs in 2014. Yeah. I think a lot of people do them now. But back then, very few people were doing them. And I would take custom requests for other performers and have other performers come over and shoot them doing whatever the client wanted to see and then pay them. I, you know, it was always, you know, just very within reason, obviously, whatever the fan wanted to see and, and could pay for, we would create and it could be essentially whatever. Yeah. Just what, whatever was in the, their mind, their fantasy and, and I, I, I have my website, you know, when I started off, I was making adult movies. And then, of course, a lot of the adult performers, they were had accounts on StreamMate. So we'd have the mm-hmm. account on StreamMate and I had the TanyaTate.com website, which I've still got. I just does just no longer gets updated. And right. on there, you know, the, the fans could come in and they could you could you could literally stream like a live show on your members mm-hmm. area and your website and those fans that would come across, they would start asking for custom movies. And I did, well, I still do produce yeah. custom movies, but mine are all solo. Yeah. I, I, I guess there are some guys that ask for boy, girl, 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 but then sometimes, yeah. um, honestly, most of mine are also solo, not, not necessarily by choice, but by request. Yes, occasionally I get some girl-girl ones. Occasionally I get some boy-girl ones. That's very rare. Um, When it's boy-girl, it's usually a POV kind of situation. Right, yeah. Um, But most of it is solo. Most of them want me to just talk to them, say the things they want me to say. Sometimes I say their name. And and most of them are relatively simple. I think a lot of, a lot of fans think that custom videos have to be crazy and, you know, outrageous and extravagant. But if you just want to hear somebody moan your name, that can happen. Yeah. 
that can definitely happen, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are listening. It's like, yeah, make us into your own personal little director. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, and and I love that. It, this is really nice that the fans are building the skills up in us. You know, by the fan reaching out and be like, hey, you know, Casey, I would like this. I would like you to make this video for me. So it's it's kind of like it helps us grow as performers as well in knowing Absolutely. what the fan likes, what other fans might like. Um, mm-hmm. And for us to just, you know, if I'm like, well, what, what solo movie shall I do today? I'm feeling like I'm ready to, to get some action in and what shall I do? And do you sit back, Casey, and then you think, well, what are me? customs what get what do those guys want oh yeah you've you figure out like what's your most popular kind of niche Mm -hmm. and it's you you work for them and yeah yeah there are absolutely multiple niches of solo content that i do that i maybe never would have even thought of to do had people not started ordering custom videos of those things. And then, you know, enough similar but different custom orders come in. And I think, oh, this would make great content. I should just shoot this as content. Yeah. And for us, it's like, you know, we we went through the custom movie stage and we're still in the custom movie stage. We've just moved yeah. a bit further. But yeah. fast forward a few years and, you know, like I I, I do, like I said, I have TanyaTate.com, but I just stopped updating it because I found that OnlyFans and some of the other premium social media content websites, I found my fans were moving to there and that yeah. was so much more enticing. And yeah, which, which ones do you use? Which are the, the premium platforms do you use, Casey? So right now I use OnlyFans, I use loyal fans. I use many vids a little bit. And I'm also thinking about pretty soon within the next month or so getting on Fansly. Nice. So tell me like of those experience, how, what experience is the fan going to get from you on each of those platforms? So OnlyFans, I am on OnlyFans, like when I am online, I am on both OnlyFans and Loyal Fans at the same time. I have the tabs open in the browser at the same time. So I'm there often, almost, most all the time. And both of those platforms have a way to DM with me, have conversations with me. I love talking with my fans about dirty stuff, but I also love talking with my fans about regular stuff. Just, you know, how, how people's lives are going and their pets. And, you know, I like, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys like to tell me about their girlfriend and, and ask for relationship advice. And I love doing that. I love kind of doing some like sex ed on there, some sex therapy on there. That's really fun for me. Um, and just having regular old conversations. And then I also have videos on there. I sell custom videos on both of these platforms. On OnlyFans, I have mostly solo content, 
with a little bit of content with other people because the terms of service on OnlyFans are relatively strict about what you can put on there. And so I want to comply with those. On loyal fans, they let you do a lot more. So a lot of my crazier stuff that I do is only on loyal fans. Um, and then many of it's just is a video store. I just use it as a video store for someone who doesn't, if they don't want to chat with me, if that's not their thing, if they don't want to have a conversation, they don't want to DM, they just want to go buy a video and download it. Um, they can go to many vids and do that. My greatest hits are on many vids. Nice. So it's a little bit of something on each one. And I like that yeah. you've discovered from each of the platforms, you know, what what limits you can work between and then kind of figuring out, well, you know, the more extreme stuff I can put it on there, the ones where the mm-hmm. clips can go on there. And that's yeah. that's interesting because the other models of like be watching and be like figuring out, well, should I try it? Should I try it? I, I think actually I opened a loyal fans account mm-hmm. but I didn't get to do anything with it yet <laughs> it's it's quite difficult isn't it because you've got a lot of platforms and you've got a lot of places yeah. to juggle so how do you yeah. manage to like juggle your time you you know organize your time and your working day I, I'm still working on time management to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you honestly I'm really bad at it <laughs> I have come to accept the fact that I am a workaholic. That is what it is. That's how it's going to be. It's not going to change. And so I end up like a, a very average day for me might be logging onto the fan sites, clearing my messages, doing my email and then spending the afternoon writing a script. And when I get to a stopping point in the script, I'll pop back and do my messages. Then I'll pop back to the script and just like pop back and forth. And I do a lot of, lot of multitasking. Yes. It's, it's, people like look at us and they'll be like, oh, like she's just, she, she's a model and she can just do what she wants with her time. Well, yeah, we're stuck on our computer. I've got the computer. I've got the phone. My messenger's going yep. to Oh, yeah, my phone's right here. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're both like, I'm just checking. Is anything I know. Here? I turned off my notifications while we were recording so I wouldn't see something pop up on the screen and get distracted. It does, doesn't it? It's like, it's. I, I can see something. That someone sent me a message and it's sitting at the bottom of my screen and I'm like, you'll have to wait. You'll have, you'll have to, wait. to wait. Yes, you'll have to wait. Yeah, it's a, a, a lot of people do think that we have incredibly luxurious lives and we're just rolling around in our giant piles of money in our mansions, you know, just living around, living in lingerie, always ready to go no matter what, having the, having the best time. And really what we are, are business people. Yes. We are, we are small business owners. And because so much of our business is about our physical body, we can't, we can't hire a bunch of employees because we can't replicate this. So we're very busy. Like a lot of your favorite content creators are very, very busy people. Yeah. They might, you know, they might only show the really fun stuff on Instagram, but I promise you they're like, scanning in those 1099s to send to their accountant you know it's just that's what you do yeah it's like when it's like accounts time for me like the last time it was accounts time it took me like 90 days because it's just 
it's there and you pick it up and you start it and then you get then something comes important in or doing a video chat or yeah and I'm like okay put it down and then it's dinner time and and you're like okay I'll come back to and it my account sat on my table for like a whole month and I just did a little bit by a little bit each day I got it done it was all within the time it was great but it it is it's we are business people and we do our taxes we we do everything it's we we have to make sure that we're on it all yeah. the time and it, yeah and it's hard to like take a vacation isn't it Casey let's be honest oh god I I'm bad at that <laughs> <laughs> I am so bad at taking a vacation that I honestly couldn't tell you the last time I took a completely no work vacation that's so stressful to me, you know, because if I'm not, if I'm not working, I'm not making money. So how do I pay for my vacation? And I can do things like go travel to Portland. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I can go travel to Portland. I can shoot with my friends while I'm there and then also have a vacation, but then it's not a full vacation. I still was on camera. I still did work. Also enjoyed some free time traveling, but that's, that's normally what I do. I'm, I'm bad at vacations. It's, it it is though, because it's like, I know I'm on OnlyFans and I'll wake up and I'll go and start scrolling through the messages and have all my content. And and I do do a lot of pre, you know, post-date stuff. So a lot of it will go off and then I'm interacting um, yeah. So, so you can prep stuff before you go away, but once you're there, it's like you still got to get pick up that phone and you know yeah. jumping on and off. So. Yes, you have to. You still have to answer messages. You still have to be available. You still there's for me. There's a million reasons why the idea of turning off my phone gives me so much anxiety. I honestly, like, I'd rather just have a working vacation than turn it off. If I, if I turned it off, I'd have to let a lot of people know, like, by the way, I'm not, I'm not going to have my phone. You will not be able to reach me. Yeah. And then it'd be like, where's my phone? Exactly. Oh, I just want to look at, I just want to look at Instagram for fun. (laughs) Oh my goodness we're doing our custom movies and now yeah. opportunities, more opportunities are arising for you, Casey. So tell me, how did you first get into producing, directing movies for other companies? So it was early 2019, like around the like January, February, 2019. And uh, adult time needed a new director for Girls Way. I had, was I'm friends with these people. I have performed for Girls Way a million times, and they just kind of reach out to me. I didn't. There wasn't necessarily this moment where I like put my name in the hat. Um, I I offhandedly mentioned it to a couple people of oh I might be interested. It sounds like something I might want to do. It sounds like something that I might be good at. But I didn't make any sort of official formal request. Yeah. And then they reached out to me and asked me to do a couple test shoots, which I did. And then they hired me to direct full time for them. Nice. And that got it all started. Good. It's 
they're a great company to shoot for. I've never directed for them, but they're a great company. And I love the scenes are kind of well thought out and they're Mm -hmm. more of a feature scenes rather than gonzo. You know, they're not quick straight into it. There's a lot of thought gone into it and there's a lot of dialogue running through it. And yeah. Were you already writing scripts at this time? Because there's a lot that you have to put into an adult time script. Um, So when I was directing for adult time, uh, most of the scripts were provided to me by the company. Um, Honestly, I wouldn't have been able to write that many. It was too many. I wouldn't have been able to keep up. (laughs) Um, No, they they have a team of writers who who write scripts and write outlines. So it makes the director's jobs easier. But by then I had definitely written scripts in school, written scripts for fun. um, So that when the opportunity came to direct for less cinema and I was responsible for my own script, I already had some experience writing. Yeah. It's, um, I like that you was, the director bringing their script to life mm-hmm. and that in itself is a skill because you've got to take what's written down and it's you've got to get it in your imagination and yeah. then you've got to reproduce that to the cast to the actors. exactly yes yeah. yeah. so you have to communicate the vision to the actors you have to communicate what we're doing to the crew everyone has to be on the same page yeah and then the next opportunity arose. Was this another opportunity that was given to you for, to, to go and direct for Lust Cinema? So the summer of 2019, around May, I flew to Barcelona to perform in a movie that Erica Lust was directing. And so I got a chance to spend about two weeks there and I got a chance to meet her and meet everyone in the office. And I had this um, incredible experience. And then that fall, she was in LA and I had dinner with her and we just kind of had a conversation about it. And a bunch of people had suggested to her that I direct for them. They were actively looking for Los Angeles-based directors at the time, they were really looking to expand less cinema into the United States. They were, they were a very European company and they were really looking to expand here, get American talent. And so I went to this dinner meeting with a plan to ask to direct for them. But that was also Erica's idea. And she kind of beat me to the punch and asked me. And so I directed my first big feature for her that fall and then continued to work with her. And then obviously COVID happened and you know, that, that happened. And Mm -hmm. once we were back to work, yeah. Once we were back to work, Erica realized that putting me under contract would mean that she had more of my time and that I could dedicate all of my creativity to working for her, at least the, the big budget feature creativity. And so went under contract. Nice. That's just some amazing opportunities. And I love that, you know, you said you weren't prepared to the dinner meeting and it was like, you're thinking it in your mind. This is, I'm going to ask it. I'm getting, I'm all prepared. I'm all ready. And then she just comes out with a Casey. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) took the words right down to my mouth. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) yes, sounds, sounds good. I was gonna, yep. I would love to. (laughs) 
I, 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 I'm about putting things out there in the universe, you know, yeah. with adult time, you know, dropping a few little hints, saying to people, which is basically you just saying to the universe, I wish that I could direct for this company. Right. And you know, letting it be heard by people's ears, whether it's physical yeah. people, whether, whether it's that universe that's offering yeah. it. And then knowing that it was right and being there at the right time with Erica and the the build up, the lead up to it, to that dinner meeting where you both had the same thing in your mind at the same time. Yeah. And it's what you both wanted and it just clicked. Yeah. You know, it's, that's it. And it's, I love when the opportunities arise and it just feels right and you get that gut feeling in your stomach and then when it yeah. starts working and it's successful. Yeah. But, I, but I've got to say, I think it was probably even more successful than you could have envisioned, Casey. Because, That's what I think too. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You recently won a slew of awards at, yes, yeah. You're going to have to remind me what your awards were at the Expos Awards 2023. What did you win? Uh, so La Cinema won uh, Best Erotic Site of the Year. We won uh, All Girl Movie of the Year for a movie that I directed. We won Feature Movie of the Year for a movie I directed. And then I won Director of the Year. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I also I also won best screenplay. I'm like, there's one more. I know there's one more because I'm counting in my head. I also won best screenplay. Congratulations. That's just Thank amazing. You. And that that's that's a big feat because there's so many other movies and you know there's a lot of established players and a lot mm -hmm. of the, I think for a lot of those companies, a lot of the I'm gonna say it, sometimes a lot of the same companies win. Yes. Yeah. Did I say that politically correct? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes it is to do with like the amount of budget they've got and the, you mm -hmm. know, the, the, a lot of those movies are deserving, but at the same time, it is a lot of the same companies. And sometimes, you know, yeah. you feel you're coming in and you're the underdog right? and you're coming in and then to, to be like, we all got nominated. Brilliant. And it's, it feels like yeah. a big achievement to be nominated, but then yeah. to be like, and now you've won and you were the underdog. Yeah. You, know, you didn't, Lost Cinema is not like a big, it, it is a big play now. But we're still, we're still compared to some of these other companies. You know, most of the office is in Barcelona. It's really still based in Europe. We just do our thing over here and make our movies and we run our company so differently than most other companies run you know we only do features we don't do anything but bigger budget projects we never shoot single scenes and or if we're shooting a single scene it's still a pretty big fancy vignette kind of single scene and i think that it's really cool that we got recognized since we're we're different by taking those different ways that you do it and believing in you know, this is the way that we want to run the company. This is the way that we want to produce these movies. This is yeah. our vision, our insight. And then it's being appreciated because it's it's slightly different. And people are like saying they take a note and, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the reviewers that are sitting there, these are professional people that get to see all of the work 
And they're the people that compare it and they're like, you know what? This is the deserving to be the top spot. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it was a wild night. Expos night was wild and crazy and I will never forget it. Do you know what? That was the night that I asked you to be a guest on my podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And it was the red carpet and the red carpet was going on and I saw someone killed and I'm like, oh, I need to ask him a question. I need to ask him a question. And it it, it was, yeah. And I was like, I would like to have Casey Calvert on my podcast and I don't have her phone number. Yeah. And he's like, I'll get it. I'll get it. Like here you go. Here's your yeah. phone number. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, I want you to be on. And I, yeah. I had no idea that you were going to be winning so many awards that night. And I, I didn't like, actually wow. know that you asked for my number before the show. So yeah. that's cool. Thanks. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think it was might have been a day or two later when I finally got to text your book. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. me. Like. I want, I, I want a number. <laughs> so I make sure, yeah, we swap numbers, right? Okay, find out for me. And then when I yeah. started, when he was like, yes, and I was like, okay, now I'll just do my research. I was like, wow, she won all these awards. I was like, <laughs> convenient amazing. timing. Yes, it was. It was, <laughs> I, I must have known, like, it was like, Tanya Tate, successful, successful people, a successful woman, get Casey on it. I know and you know being a director it's it's not as easy as it sounds I I directed movies um but mine was for Philly films and they were Mm -hmm. very small I'm sure you did you work for Philly films you probably maybe uh I never did but I am familiar you're familiar so Philly films was they were like little tiny cute little vignettes and it was like a little tiny lead-in story and then it was straight into the action and um I I loved it that I was asked to direct movies for them I didn't go to film school I didn't have all big skills in screenwriting and and so for me that suited me it was kind of cute and it was a place for me to kind of live out my fantasies and so there's being directors on different levels you know but there are a lot of challenges being a director and talk to me about some of the challenges and how you overcome them Oh, there's specifically being a director in the adult industry comes with a million challenges. It's things from uh, the talent pool is relatively small. The people, the number of people in this industry who are actively interested in wanting to work for other companies who want to be on set, who want to act and do dialogue and have dialogue only days and want to play a character. There's there's only so many people in this industry who want to do that, who are good at that. Things like uh, working with adult industry budgets. You know, we there's I'm really lucky that I get some of the biggest budgets in this industry, but they're still in the scope of making movies, very small budgets, booking locations. It's so hard. There's so much stigma. Nobody wants adult at their location. Yeah. Um, just there's just a million 
a million little challenges that come with this job. But really, to me, I find that most of the challenges are very similar to producing any other film, that it's really not any different. And that's really how I approach directing. I really don't approach what I do from the perspective of I am making a porno that happens to have a story. I approach it from the perspective of I'm making a movie. It happens to have explicit sex in it. And to just move forward with those challenges and to just, as each one come along, you just- You take care of it. Yeah. 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 You just, you just produce the movie. If a, if a location says no, you find another one. If a performer's unavailable on the dates that you need them, you try to work with their agent or you work with them or you find another one if you have to. You, you do what you do to get, but you, you know what you have to do to get the movie done. Yeah. It just, just make it happen. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's what you do. You just gotta, you just have to make it happen. It's your job. Yeah. I'm, I just want to know what's been the highlight of your career so far, Casey? Oh, it's so egotistical, but honestly, probably not, not specifically winning, but that entire ex-biz night was so crazy it was it was winning, but it was also like the number of people who came up to congratulate me, like the number of my friends who blew up my phone. I also had the opportunity to present um, male performer of the year and female performer of the year and performer of the year, and that was so much fun. And being being backstage and doing that, and just like the whole night from like arriving there to eating pizza at three a.m. because I was starving and needed to eat something. Um, just the whole night was such, such an incredible, crazy night. It was, yeah. it was pretty special. Yeah. And that night as well, it was, it was raining so hard. It was raining. It was, it was it raining. Ne- it never rains like that in LA, does it? No. And that one night it, it was, we'll all remember it as the crazy rainy night. Yeah. And Casey's like, yeah, I remember there was a little bit yeah. of rain. But no, no, was- there was a lot of rain. <laughs> um, I got home after I got my pizza. I came home and I took off my suit and ran around the block in the rain and just got like, soaking wet and, and got <laughs> all of this excess energy and all of this adrenaline inside of my body. It was like, there was no way I was going to be able to go to bed. I was like, I have to, I have to go run around a little bit and just ran around the block <laughs> and sent some voice memos to some friends. 3 a.m. Um, in the, like in the middle of the night. <laughs> me, there's me running around. The rain, I actually think maybe made it better because it, it was so unique. The, granted, the, the rain before the event, that was stressful. That was annoying. But after the event, I didn't care at all. It's kind of refreshing thinking about just like running in the rain when you've had such a crazy, exciting, high night. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty fun. kind of a movie moment of me just like running, running in the rain. I just got visions of you now, just slow mowing like a little, yes, like shorts and sports top and just kind of running and splashing. Running. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly that vision. 
<laughs> I'm expecting to see that later in one of your movies. <laughs> it might be. You never know. If only it was easier to make it rain, then... Uh... I think you'd probably have to go back to Barcelona for that. That might be a little yeah. bit easier to get that scene. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, go on the rainy season over there. Oh I mean, goodness. I did, I did shoot a film where we made it rain. We got a, we got a rain machine and we made it rain. Um, it was cold. I oh. felt so bad for those performers. They were so cold in that rain. Um, but it looked beautiful. Yeah. Well, maybe I, you know, doing the rain machine in LA probably wouldn't seem such a big deal actually, because at least you've got the, the heat as long as you've not got the bright sunshine to go with it yeah we did it at night and it should have been plenty warm it was plenty warm during the day but by the time it got dark that night and the water coming from the rain machine was cold oh. that after about 15 minutes they all started to get really cold <laughs> you're like do it for the love do it for the love oh, they the they all did an incredible job and i only kept them in there for for maybe 25 minutes yeah. So they, they didn't suffer too bad. And I had a hot shower and I had a spaghetti dinner waiting for them when we were done. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> so they nice. were, everyone was fine, but I did apologize to all of them. I was like, I'm sorry. I had, it. that was colder than I was expecting it to be. <laughs> but I bet you it looks like amazing afterwards. It looks so. gorgeous. It looks yeah. insane. It looks so good. Do you know what? It just reminded me years ago there was a company and I can't remember the name and I did a scene with Jordan Kingsley and it was in an old warehouse and they had the sprinkler head. Oh, cool. And they turned the sprinkler head on and it wasn't it wasn't really that cold. I mean, I guess Good. it was cold because there's a little bit of cold water, but it was inside and it was probably during the summer or something. And that was yeah. really nice. It was just like a light mist spray. That sounds beautiful. And we both had like, like fetishy kind of looking clothes on. So everything was like super shiny. It was was really hot. Just, you've just reminded me of that scene how much it was just water can look so nice. I love water. I love rain and swimming pools and, and all of that. I love it. I just think water on skin looks so good i've seen some people when they do like the underwater photography and it just the way things move in the water yeah. like a nice flow it's like i love it <laughs> oh my goodness okay casey you are very successful so i want to know what are some of the essential elements that make you a success Oh, that's a big question. That's not a random question. <laughs> that's a big, like, think about question. The things that make me a success are my perfectionism, even though I hate it sometimes, most times, my creativity and my vision, and my lack of willingness to compromise. I really... When I, when I want something, I really try to make it happen without compromise. Yeah, just go for it. You've got this idea, you've got the vision, you've got the creativity to get it done. And then it's like, you've got the commitment and you're going to keep going and you're not going to give up until yeah. you get that final perfection, vision, yeah. product Yeah, that you envisage. That's just great qualities and it's a great work ethic. 
it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess you could even say like my work ethic is a reason for my success. Um, I'm a workaholic. That's what it is. And I wouldn't be here if I wasn't so apt to be a workaholic. I think that if I approached things from a more lackadaisical perspective, I, I wouldn't have had all of the success that I've had. Yeah. And I think for you as well, um, finding good mentors for you, you found good yeah. mentors, you've got like business mentors, um, you know, with your agency, is yeah. that some of the things that have, is part of your success route as well? Absolutely. Um, my agent, Mark Spiegler is absolutely part of my success. My partner, Bryn Pryor is absolutely part of my success. He also goes by Eli Cross. I didn't just say his legal name out of the blue. He I uses both of his names. No, no, he uses both of his names. He uses all of his names for different jobs. It mostly goes by Eli Cross, but you'll, he also is sometimes Bryn. Sometimes he's Mark. Um, sometimes he's Mark Logan. But he absolutely has taught me so much about the industry and so much about filmmaking and um a lot of people there's been there's been so many people i couldn't i couldn't do what i do there's so many people nina hartley was incredibly important to me when i was getting started in the industry she taught me so much about how to take care of my body and how to take care of my mental health my assistant Bo and my assistant director so so helpful i couldn't couldn't function without them, they, you know, they take care of me in so many ways. Um, I definitely have my little, my little army of people who support me. And it is, it's about having a support team as well. And, yeah. a, and a good support team, people that have the skills, people that are willing to support you, that are there that you can rely on. If something's a problem, you've got someone to go back to to have a conversation yeah. with, to brainstorm with, to be like, how, exactly. what are the solutions that we can come up with? You know, how are we going to make this work? And people yeah. have always got your back. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Without any of that, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. I need, I need people to brainstorm with and bounce ideas off of and help me produce things and help me write things and, and help me pick up my dry cleaning like all of it, it all, I need help with, with everything. And I love all of these people who I have, who are my support team. Yeah, it's, it is. It's just amazing. And if you could give yourself your, if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? To not stop dreaming, to not give up. Younger me spent a lot of time worrying about the future and worrying that the things I wanted to do were too big or too fancy or too out of reach. And I would just tell younger me to not, not worry about that sort of thing and do what feels right and do what feels good in my heart. I love that. It is when you're younger, I, I'm thinking back and when I'm younger, I wasn't confident. I wasn't confident in myself that I could make yeah. this a success. And you'd always do something you think, Oh, maybe it's not going to happen. Whereas now I'm like, it's going to happen. And yeah. it's telling yourself that 
it will happen if you can see it happening. If that's what yeah. you want, that's your goal, go for it. Because sometimes yep. the only thing that's stopping you to making it happen is your mind telling you no. Yeah, yeah. Just get out there, do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, your you normal. Yeah, you just got to do it. It's not you your normal to do it. podcast, is it? <laughs> Uh, it's great though (laughs) she's like normally I'm getting asked what's in the scene (laughs) I yeah but I hate that stuff I hate I hate talking about that stuff I hate the same old boring questions that everyone wants to ask I like I'd just rather not do it at all I'd much rather have an interesting conversation about about you know something that's engaging than just be asking what's your favorite position yeah I, I I, I, because I'm also a publicist as well, I see all the questions that like yeah. all the people get asked and I'm like, yeah. okay, they're the same ones. And I always, I, this is what I say to the clients, you know, if they, especially for the written ones to say, you're going to get the same 20 questions. They start complaining. I'm like, well, you're on a different platform. So write them down, copy and paste yeah. them, put them in a document, pull them back yeah. out when you get your next interview and rewrite. Just yeah, rewrite. Yeah, just ma- massage them a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and brilliant. Now you've got your interview. Now you've done it again. And it's, you know, sometimes, you know, you make choices. Do you want to do the interview or not? And, yeah. you know, in the beginning, it's great to do those kind of interviews because you're getting out there. But I think sometimes yeah. when it gets to be like more established performers, And, you know, sometimes you're like, well, I kind of done all them and I've been on all the sites. So it's nice to be on something a little bit different and get different questions. And that's why I like this because I, I don't do drama. I wanted something that's more positive, that's more encouraging and just to give people a little bit of insight into how do people's minds work? You know, I, I like to know, I like to know, you know, what what makes you successful and I know what the people want to know you know yeah because people by listening to how other people are successful it can inspire you to be successful I completely agree it can inspire you to meet your dreams to dream big and hit them you know yeah and so I this this was I I I love it that you've directed the custom movies you've had the fans direct on their own little custom movies to go on to be you know an award-winning director so if anyone that's listening whether you know the fans directing the movies or other models that are looking to get into directing what are some of the the advice that you can give someone that's listening Um, the number one advice is to just start writing ideas down. When you have an idea for a story, write it down and keep a little list of ideas that you have because you never know when the opportunity is going to present itself for you to make those ideas a reality. And maybe that reality is via a custom video. Maybe it is. If you, you know you are a performer in this industry and a company comes to you and says, "Hey, do you have any ideas? I want you to write a scene. I want you to direct a scene." You can never, you never know. So many, so many companies these days are so interested and excited about working with new people that you should be a smidge prepared 
if someone has an opportunity for you. And that doesn't mean you need to read a bunch of books or go to school or any of that stuff. It just means when you're on set, learn about what people are doing, pay attention to what the crew is doing, pay attention to where they're putting the lights, pay attention to what they're doing with the cameras and write down stories because you never know. I, I think that's some really good advice. I I do remember, you know, being on sets. I At one time I was given an opportunity to direct for Penthouse. And mm -hmm. I, I think that for me, I feel that came up by showing up on set as a performer, being professional, doing the yeah. job that I was asked, being personable, being friendly with the crew and being nice, but professional mm -hmm. at the same time. And I'm not saying yep. I'm not saying go over those barriers and go over and above yeah. in that kind of way. No. That's, no, just I, I, friend, normal, normal, professional, friendly, normal, yes. professional, excited to be there. Yes. And I think when you believe in a product and you're there and you show the whole of the crew from the makeup artist to the light guy, to the director, to the people in the admin, where everyone that meets you, you leave a good energy. And they're like, oh, remember her? Oh, she was really nice. I always find for me that really works by just being me. Just being yeah. me, being out there yeah. and taking an interest and asking questions. And then when yeah. opportunities do come up like that, and then they, you're a person that they remember. Exactly. And, you know, you, you're there in their, in their sight and you never know. Just... Keep yeah, you never know. Opportunities open. Yeah, and and you never know if there's if there's a company you want to pitch something to, just do it because you never know. There's no harm in putting yourself out there. Yeah. Just saying, hey, I would love to do something for you. What's the yeah. worst you can say? No. They say no, <laughs> and then you say, "Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later." Yeah. That's it. And you've no practiced you've practiced your little spiel. Like you've yeah. practiced talking. It's like, oh, you've done it once. Well, maybe there's a different now you company. Can do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go approach them. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. many ideas, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you want to talk about? Anything that you want to share? Oh, I don't know. I feel like we've we've covered a lot. Um, I, I actually don't know if I have anything else to throw out there. I know what you do have to throw out there. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yes, I can do that. So all of my films are on lustcinema.com. You can find me on Twitter at Casey Calvert XXX, on Instagram at Casey Calvert, and those links and links to everything else at CaseyCalvert.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Casey, for coming on. It's been lovely yeah. having you. And once again, congratulations on all this success and being that amazing Thank director you. that you are. Thank you. It has been my absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you. This is Tanya Tate. Skinfluencer. Thank you all for joining me on Tiny Tay Presents Skinfluencer Success Podcast. If you're feeling the need to complain, remember some ways to redirect that complaining into positive energy. Live in gratitude. Give praise. Let go of the things you can't control. Focus on your success. 
and take time each day to meditate or focus on those inner quiet moments. It will all come together. Do you have a story to share how you redirected your negative energy into something successful? What do you think of my audio and video podcast and of the guest video? Who do you want me to have as a future guest? What questions or advice do you want us to discuss? You can leave feedback or ask me questions relating to the Skinfluencer Success Podcast using the hashtag AskTanyaTate. You can ask me by commenting on my latest posts on Twitter at TanyaTate, TikTok and YouTube at TanyaTateTube, and you can also leave me a voice note on my SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash TanyaTate. You might get featured on a future episode. Let's listen to my favorite SpeakPipe voice notes of this episode. Tanya, this is Ralph. Give me a call or text me on your WhatsApp, please. Oh, Ralph, oh, Ralph, oh, Ralph, oh, Ralph. Who in this world, my love, have you been talking to? I'm not on WhatsApp. Each episode, there's like a running theme. And I tell you, the only places I talk are on Sex Panther and OnlyFans. And if it's not on Linktree, it's not me. Where on my Linktree do you see WhatsApp? Do yourself a favour. And if you want to talk to me, the real me, not some fake that's potentially working for a scam romance team mafia, then find me on Sex Panther and OnlyFans. The story gets old, but for those with ears that won't listen and eyes that don't want to see, I will keep saying and praying that one day you will indeed see the light and hear the truth of where you can talk to me and it's not on WhatsApp. Checking out that link tree. Link tree, just Google link tree Tanya Tate. It'll come up. Let's listen to another one of my speak pipes. Caller 69 here. Hello, sweet Tanya Tate. And wishing you much success with the Skinfluencer Success Podcast. Hope you had a great birthday month. Spring has sprung. It's an opportunity to transform, transcend, and trust the moment. And above all, of course, the no complaining rule. Well, thank you so much, Caller69. I love it. It's, it's a piece of positivity, some appreciation for the podcast. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. And I have to say, you are also on my Patreon, so you get to know what's coming up before everyone else with the sneak peeks. And I did drop it into the Patreon that I'm going to be talking about, like the no complaining rule and things to do instead of complaining. So I love that you got it in there. So thank you for leaving a voice note and thank you for being on my Patreon. So if you did get your message read out and I, it was something nice, something positive, something great for us to listen to, then hit me up with your mail and name and address. And I will send you a photo of appreciation for leaving a SpeakPipe voice note that I played. So if you are listening to me on Apple, Amazon, Audible and are inspired by any of the words that you hear, please be sure to leave me a written review and give me five stars. You can also give me a five star rating on Spotify. So thank you guys for all your support. Keep it coming. I love hearing what you think about the show. And of course, if you do want to get to call me via phone or video call, 
you know where you can find my premium social media platforms. Sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate or OnlyFans.com slash Tanya Tate. And we can get to chat one-on-one over there. Follow me on Twitter and Patreon at Tanya Tate. TikTok and YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube. And you can see all of my official links, including my premium social media on my link tree. Just search link tree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. Remember, if you don't see it on my link tree, it's not me. The Skinfluencer Success Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. Watch it first on patreon.com slash tinytate. It then gets released on onlyfans.com slash tinytate and later on youtube.com slash tube. Patreon members get to exclusively see me reveal in advance the episode's guest. I will be treated to exclusive clips that don't make the final cut of the video. Join my highest tier to get shout outs and this episode shout out of appreciation for being a top level member goes to Jessica Ryan and Caller69. Thank you both for your support. You can follow Jessica on Twitter at LoveJessicaRyan and you too can get a shout out by supporting the podcast and becoming a top tier level member of my Patreon. This is Tanya Tate. You've been listening to Skinfluencer Success. It doesn't matter what cards you dealt, it's what you do with those cards. Do not complain. Find a positive and focus your energy on success. Things will find a way to work out when you're filled with gratitude. Now get out there and go build your bank. Bye.